This is the Cross Conference Cast, a podcast about women's soccer. This episode was recorded June 18th, 2013. In it, we discuss the U.S. women's national team, a really great story out of Denmark, what it's like to go to a Portland Thorns game, what's wrong with the Seattle Reign, and other NWSL stuff. For more information, please visit crossconference.com. Hello and welcome to the Cross Conference cast. I am Joan Stewart. And I am Ruth Moore. Hello, Ruth. <laughs> it's been so long since we've had an episode that we released. Yeah, I, I actually don't even remember. <laughs> there was an episode we recorded that I that just never made it. Again, one for the one for the vaults. Um, but it is now uh, June eighteenth, twenty thirteen. I almost said twenty ten. What is wrong with me? <laughs> um, uh, and some changes. Changes have been made since last we spoke. Personally, with my geographic location. Um, I live in Portland now, Portland, Oregon. By way of Austin, Texas. Yep. I, we did release an episode when I was in Texas. Oh, okay. Um, Good. Good. For those, for those three months, four months, three, three months. Um, but now, um, living the dream in Portland, Oregon, uh, and very, very happy about it. That's amazing. We've been waiting so long for that. I know. It seems like <laughs> I've been talking about it for over a decade, which is absolutely true. Um, we haven't talked in a while, um, but I'm excited to talk to you, Ruth, because so many soccer things have been happening and keep happening. There's probably things happening right now as we speak that we're not going to get to. Yeah. That um, seems to always happen. Like there will be a roster released or someone gets injured right in the middle of recording. And we don't know injured. until we're done. <laughs> right. That's true. It, it will always happen that like, we'll be like, oh, well, here's the episode anyway. Folded. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, no, knock on wood that that doesn't happen. Uh, what are you drinking? Oh, I am drinking... Um, I don't think it really has a name. It's uh, tequila and rhubarb, uh, a rhubarb simple syrup, because we've got like this huge rhubarb bush out in in our garden, and um, we're never quite sure what to do with it because it's so. I mean, rhubarb's like a weed, and it grows easily, and you know, it's it's really tart, so it's not something that you really eat. You can make pies and you can make jam, but you can only do so much of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so. We've started juicing it this summer, and we found a recipe for um, for a simple syrup that's supposed to go well with, uh, like, gin, tequila. Um, and I imagine it'd go well with vodka. Anything goes well with vodka. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so I decided to make some today, and, and that's what I've got. Although I think I'm going to modify the recipe next time I do this. It should be fairly soon. Um, but like really cut down on the sugar because I don't like it that sweet. Mm. That sounds tasty. I am having a uh, Joseph Sprow Bohemian style lager, <laughs> a crisp, refreshing lager that I purchased at Trader Joe's. 
Is it local? Six for six dollars. No, it is. Um, wow, San Jose. I know in Portland, I bought a non-local beer, um, but it was cheap. well, and the price six for six dollars. Yeah, like. and I won't say that you can taste the price, but it is not. It it's not making an impression on me, other than it's making me a little bit burpy. Oh, so wow. that will that will come later in the show. We'll learn about that later. Um, but yeah. let's, yeah, but let's, let's get to the, um, interesting part of, uh, what's been going on. No, that's not true because we're going to talk about the U S women's national team. <laughs> let's take a quick break and then we'll talk about the interesting stuff. Yeah. Um, no, I'm, I'm, uh, we're not being, we're being as we're being fair, not, but not fair, but we're being ourselves we're not being generous as we could be um because it's our first episode back give us some time to ramp up to the generosity did we not release the happy episode no we did i feel like we released a happy episode i don't remember because there was that weird period like right when the league kicked off that we were happy and hopeful and it was just so disgustingly like saturated (laughs) no i don't think so um Maybe I don't remember. At least There's by our standards, it just wasn't. Yeah, but um, the U.S. women's national team played South Korea on the fifteenth, which was a Saturday, last Saturday, a couple days ago. Um, and there were some, you know, it was a standard U.S. women's national team versus a punching bag outing. Um, but the interesting things to us would be uh, Morgan Brian, Brian Morgan, getting a getting her call up and getting capped. Go, Brian. Uh, Christy Mewis scoring in the third minute. Um, exciting for her. Very exciting. In her hometown. Her, in her hometown. Um, oh, and, and it was Rachel Bueller's 100th cap. Oh, yeah. Rachel Bueller's. Which practically no one acknowledges. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, 700 players have had their 100th cap. Anyway. You have some notes here. You have more notes than I do. I didn't. I think I only watched the second half. I was a little busy. I'm a little busy living life here in Portland, Oregon. Living the life. Um. <laughs> As well you should be. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually didn't watch the game at all. I God, people are going to love us. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I've had a lot going on, and I think... I think we might have released our last episode before my nephew was born. Um, oh yeah, little baby. Yeah, I have I have a nephew, um, and since I am one of the few people with the time, I babysit him twice a week for like six hours a day. So we've got this really great bond. But it also means that I'm, I can't believe you're spending time with a child. Oh my gosh, this kid! He's he's amazing. Like he kind of rolls over just for me. Like he started doing it for other people. And he started doing it more often. But, like, I walk into a room and he'll just start chattering. And, like, he doesn't know any words yet. He's, what, like, five or six months old. But, um, yeah, I can't wait until he starts saying words. And um, he's part Colombian. Colombian. His, uh, both of both of his maternal grandparents are from Colombia. Um, and so, like, I, I have this obligation to get him to watch Colombian soccer. So I have to start researching the women's side because, like, I really care about him watching the men's side. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, prepare him for disappointment. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But okay, that's why I didn't watch the game. Long story. Okay. Um, well, I mean, other things happened during our our extensive hiatus that that U.S. women versus Canada women uh, game, as a as it as it is listed in the recent results area of ussoccer.com, um, is that was spectacularly underwhelming, at least from Canada's <laughs> side. It just really hurt, you know. It was There was so much hype about it being the rematch, the revenge match for Canada, and then the U.S. goes and wins 3-0. Um, yeah. And then Sydney LaRue has this celebration that was sort of controversial for people until they forgot about it because somebody shot a bunch of people again. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> that's I'm sorry. That's being glib, um, but, but I, I've been thinking about how the world works lately, and it's really depressing. Um, yeah, I'm with you there. But, but it's like it's like her her reaction is less controversial because like you see that so often in the men's game that like I didn't even think of anything. I mean, I didn't think anything of her celebration, but like the way the fans reacted was just ridiculous. Like so stupid yeah the canadians like reacting all classless and uh you know they can have her that those commentators was just like come on really and and the the racism and like calling her a traitor it's like you guys just got rachel kwan who by the way played for us in a youth world cup and Mm -hmm. they've got cecilman who Mm -hmm. You know, also American. Um, and their national team never even wanted Luro. Like, uh, if, if that's the problem, like, that's the problem with the fandom these days is that people don't know their history. They don't know the basic history of the players on the teams that they follow. And so they don't understand, you know, you can't say that Sid's a traitor because, you know, she was essentially told, we don't want you. And so she went and found a better team that did want her. Like, that's not her fault. I'm literally told we don't want you, like, six years ago. This is six <laughs> years ago. You know, if if you had had a child um, when they refused Sydney LaRue, um, by now it could be working in some sweatshop <laughs> in a third world country. Um it, or married off. And- or married off. Exactly. Um get over it just like i mean i get that as a like a supporters group you know it's something fun to latch on to because you don't have anything else to, um at the moment but just let it go um, yeah it just it seems like people are taking it too seriously and too personally and that's why i'm thinking you know they just don't have a clue <laughs> and that's really sad for the sport. Like, sure, you can pack a stadium full of people that have no idea what the hell is going on. <laughs> um, but anyway, let's go back to go forward, but also back to right. the South Korea game. Um, they're playing again on June 20th in New Jersey. Um, but you have some notes here. And they're more media-related, at least to the national team, which is extremely important um, in between World Cup and Olympic cycles. The media is what we have for them. The narrative is, of, is what we have. We have a note here that I want to talk about 
because uh, listeners, new listeners might not realize that Ruth was kind of a U.S. supporter and now is less so <laughs> to the point of not caring at all. Um, and you try to get back into it sometimes. I'll give you that. Yeah, um, I mean, when when uh, Sermani started capping kids, um, I did watch... Uh, what did I, I watched at least one game with Julie Johnston. Uh, I'm, I know I missed whatever they played in, in Europe, but, um, sorry, there's a train going by. It's okay. It happens. Um, it does. As we get into our summer recording period, you guys are going to get more trains on my end. Why do you live near a train station? Um, (laughs) I think it's, I think it's freight. Um, and we have like a tannery in the area and anyway, that doesn't matter. Let's go back to your note. <laughs> um, staying on topic. Right. So you here topic. have here, it, it's a toss up between high fits and the new U S women's national team fans as to who's killing your love for soccer <laughs> the fastest. Now you tweeted this too. Yeah. Um, and, and to me, it's important to finally say this because, um, I've been, I've been trying to deal with it for months now. Um, and I realized, I think I realized kind of last fall during the fan tour or whatever, that I'm starting to kind of sometimes hate soccer. Um, and it's just, it's kind of gotten worse as, as the pro league wears on. Um, although this is, this particular note is not specific to that. Um, but a lot of it is is you know it's just this toss up between Heifetz and and the fans because you've got Heifetz who is utterly ridiculous about how he controls the U.S. narrative, and then you've got the fans who are utterly ridiculous about how they latch on to what Heifetz feeds them and then just kind of infuse it, no, inject it. With like all Marinate sorts of it in creepiness, <laughs> in creepiness, and uh, like to the point that that you've like that you've got the players themselves pandering to the fans and to high fits with with these various stupid narratives. Um, I think what really got to me this past time was Morgan Bryan was called into camp, and Crystal Dunn was there. And Heifetz, you know, it released the the video where you've got Dunn carrying over the storyline from when she and Julie Johnston were first brought in about, you know, about this hero worship story. And she she carries that over and, you know, kind of drags Morgan Bryan into it. And, yeah, these kids are going to kind of, they're going to look up to, to these you know, heroes of theirs. But... But <sighs> that's not the most interesting thing about them. It, it's really and not. I think, like, and I think that's that. I think that's what bothers me is that we're seizing there it on the least interesting part and <laughs> of that, these people. <laughs> that is going to be their story in the future. Like that is going to be because of the way the fans act and the way the fans latch onto those narratives that Heifetz feeds them. This is the basis 
of like you know Morgan Bryan. We've been saying for a long time she's the she's the next A Rod. Like no matter how good or bad she is, she's going to be on the national team. Um, and fortunately, she is doing better this year. Like when I saw her this spring, she looked phenomenal. Um, but now she's got this like shitty, shitty base storyline as she comes into the national team, and that's how fans are going to remember. You know these players first call-ups and first caps is oh they're just creepy fan worshippers like we are <laughs> it's like no these are these are top athletes who you know morgan bryan knows she's hot shit i guarantee you <laughs> and julie johnston is just not quite that concerned with taking creepy photos of people and crystal dunn is a tar heel like you, you. It's just it's um, it's set in a terrible precedence, it, especially you know, especially just with the atmosphere created by the the psycho fans that the U.S. women's national team has gathered. Um, I'm not disagreeing with you. Um, I'm not. I'm just. I'm. This is your. This is your time. Uh, no, I, I I agree. I mean, the the part that bothers me is showcasing um, these players as a lens to look at previous players. Yes, like, you said it so much more succinctly. <laughs> that that bothers me um, in terms of like because it's the kind of crap that got us into trouble in two thousand seven. I mean, it is precisely the kind of crap that made 2007 that era um such a disaster uh at, at ultimately i mean you look at the record there's like there's one loss you know in how many dozens of games right but nobody but against, looks like, chinese taipei but, but that that you know was standing like but nobody looks at that era and, is, and has like a really great feeling you know in, right. in their hearts, in their stomachs, in their organs, or whatever, um, and that and that's what kind of worries me that you get two or three players who deserve to build their own, you know, their own story, have their own legacy, uh, and it's all narrative going back to people who are over thirty-two, <laughs> like now, people that should have <laughs> retired more than a year ago. Um, I. And that's that's what gets to me, um, and I I think that I mean we've we've said it before on the podcast, and I'm sorry that we're starting out this way, but um, but I think it's important, especially as we see new kids brought in. Like, mm-hmm. I think it's important to call out the media and the fans on, okay, do you understand what you're doing to the next generation of soccer players as you? You know, as you perpetuate this idea of of the myth of the myth of the national team, like that is so crippling that not just on the field but off as well. Yeah, it's um. But uh, looking forward, I think there's a lot of exciting young players who I really. This time, I really believe they're going to get a shot. Third time's the charm, right? Um, 
Uh, so are you I'm, talking about pilots? No, 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 no. Third time's a charm for, you know, a third coach no, uh. after, you know, the sort of 99er legacy who don't get me wrong. I love those players and that team and that story, but it, it's over 10 years old now. And it's not like star Wars, you know, where, um, we have the pure trilogy and then everything that was, you know, came after it was just really bad. Um, it, it's not like that. These are <laughs> real life humans playing real life competitive games in the here and now. Um, Without an epic soundtrack. Yeah. And it's, I'm, you know, let that legacy stand on its own rather than propping it up. Um, and, you know, carrying it out like one of those giant marionette dolls that you know protesters bring out you know back when the rock war started <laughs> i'm getting really political here and then they burn <laughs> and, it. They, and they have those those giant dolls oh my gosh that's what we should do those? we should no yeah we should go no. stand outside the there's stadium no like, should here. no <laughs> yeah there's i'm no cutting should. you off now. you will not you will not find any parking outside these stadiums <laughs> Um, that pisses me off. Anyway. <laughs> I'm a cranky old person now. I don't like. I don't like having. I don't like coming two or three hours before the game and not being able to find parking. Like, what am I going to do for this? Need to live in a, a public uh, transportation area. Yes. Um, if you live in a public transportation area and you are looking to hire, yeah. <laughs> please contact me at crossconference.com. Um. Anyway, let's move on just a little bit so we can get to some happier things. Carl Lang. Yes. Exclamation point. Yes. You you bring this up. This is like the most exciting thing. Okay, not for everybody. (laughs) I love how you're like, this is the most exciting thing. And like, nobody's going to know what we're talking about. Okay, but (laughs) I I could have, did we record, we might have recorded back when Kara retired Oh, I'm just, sure we dedicated a whole section to it. I'm sure. Like, that that hit me. Like, you know, that was that was kind of the end of of an era for me. Like, in as much as Carl Lang's the kind of the reason I even started paying attention to Canada. Um, and it just like so okay, it meant a lot to me when she retired and I got kind of emotional. Which I don't do over many players uh, that aren't Broncos, and um, and and now we get this article recently about how she is she's working on coming back. Like there's this new therapy, um, which is kind of a big deal when you think about the fact that you know you're a Portland fan and I'm I'm a Santa Clara fan, and ACL tears are a fact all of life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and Kara had to cut her career short, um, which is just, I mean, it sucks. She, she should really still be like in, in an ideal world where she hadn't gotten all those injuries, like she'd still be playing. Um, and, and so it's kind of incredible. There's this, there is this therapy out there that she's going to try. Um, and, you know, and the hope of the Canadian national team coach and Cara and her fans is that she will come back and be able to play for Canada's national team again 
in in a World Cup, hopefully at home. Um, which is, you know, that's huge. Um, and and it probably wouldn't hurt Canada to unretire players that you know <laughs> might have been devastatingly injured, uh, considering that. Canada's trying to bring in new kids, <laughs> um, but they're not really doing a good job of it at all. What do you mean by not doing a good job? I mean, they're bringing kids in. Um, it's not, it doesn't seem very effective. I don't know if it's that they're not giving these kids enough of a shot. I don't know if it's because they're, you know, letting Greg Ryan coach them. Um, but. You know, it doesn't. Mm, there's not really a lot of consistency yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not really seeing what's his pretty face doing much more with what Marachi gave him. So, yeah. Okay. Um, I I will say that I am. Ex- I'm happy, um, though. I mean, we. Can, it's tough to go from, you know, we should move on, you know, earlier in, in our discussion to look at this person who is now unretiring, and I just looked it up. It was episode um, uh, twenty-two it, that it we that we mentioned. Ago, yeah, that we mentioned uh, two, um, two years ago, and that we mentioned Carling retiring. Um, in that episode. And do you remember who else retired? You can click on it and find out. Um, but I'll just oh, is tell that you. the link you put in? I thought you put in the article. No. Um, uh, Christine Lilly. We talked about Christine Lilly reti- Lilly's retirement. I mean, granted, there is an over 10 year. It's a 15 year age difference. Right. Well, <laughs> between and, the two. And- Kara coming back isn't the same as like having a Christine Lilly. Like I don't think Kara is gonna. She's not gonna have a starting position. Mm-hmm. She didn't have a starting position when she left. I think. Um, it's a little because, bit more maybe akin to like when Danielle Fotopoulos came back. A little bit more like that. Right. It, she was useful at times. There were things she could do for the team, but she wasn't. She wasn't. Um, She wasn't necessarily taking a spot long term. It wasn't, you know, like if if we, I don't know, if we brought back Scurry, <laughs> like, like she'd be filling. No, okay, so Scurry is not a good example this time. Um, so well, regardless, it's 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 positive for for Kara. For Kara, I, I have right. grown to like her. Over, the right? Time and I don't heals. I don't think it'll necessarily hurt development. I think part of the reason it's so exciting, and maybe the main reason it's so exciting, is because um, because there is this potential option beyond the ACL tears, like um, a new way to come back from an ACL tear and potentially avoid it in the future. Yeah, that that is definitely exciting. Please put the link of, to the article in the show notes right. for me. Um, you don't have to do that right now, though, uh, because we wanted to talk about 
uh, well, the Euros are coming up in July. Right, something neither of us follow. <laughs> well, because it doesn't happen very often. I mean, when it happens, I will watch, certainly. And I think we should cover it if we get to watch them. Um, but that would since, be you're, interesting. since you're working on the magazine, you have you have got your feet in there, your uh, hands yeah. in, in pies, spoons in pots? I don't know. I've, I've had to look at more Euro stuff than I really know what to do with. And it's kind of an ongoing joke. Like, I don't dislike European stuff, but I have trouble wrapping my head around it. Um, the teams that I follow, I follow, like, just barely. And, like, I even... I follow them less... because they're so insufferable? <laughs> like the Germans <laughs> and the Swedes, or... Okay, no, those I just don't bother with. <laughs> um, but, like, like, I don't even really have to follow Norway anymore because... Kira McCormick, um, she's one of our editors on staff. She just feeds me all the good information, and so I don't have to go looking for anything. Um, so, so yeah, um, we've we've spent the past couple of months working on our June issue, which is a lot of European preview stuff for for the Euros, um, and and yeah, so it kind of wears me out. But our cover story uh, is really just incredible. And we picked it as our cover story before we knew how incredible it was. Um, and the, the cover feature is an article on the player Nadia Nadim, who plays for Denmark. Or uh, she recently started playing for Denmark, and she'll be playing for them in the Euros. Um, and regardless of how good you think she is, and regardless of how you feel about Denmark, although I can't say as I, I can't think of any reason that like our mostly American audience would have any ill will towards Denmark, other than the fact that they beat us on home soil back in 2004. Um, <laughs> that was kind of a funny <laughs> game, though. <laughs> it was. It was also freezing freaking cold. <laughs> I remember you telling me about that. <laughs> I was I was not prepared for that, um, but yeah, it's not going to be freezing cold um, when you see Nadia Nadim play for Denmark um, in July. And just her story, um, Tiffany Weimer wrote the story. Uh, she was Nadim's teammate over um, in the Danish league, and um, Nadim is originally from Afghanistan. Um, her her family was um, fairly well off, um, and her dad had a government job, sort of, um, prior to the Taliban taking over in the 90s. Um, and, and then, you know, after the takeover, the family went through a kind of rough time and finally uh, fled the country. Well, the Nadim family is six daughters. That's it. Like, there are no boys. <laughs> oh. Um, and, you know, and and under the law, that's very restrictive. Um, like, they wouldn't have had a whole lot of opportunities if they had stayed in Afghanistan. Um, and even though when they fled the country, they didn't get where they were headed, they decided to stop in Denmark. Like, when they, when they wound up in Denmark, they just decided to stay. Um, and this was the mother's decision. Um, like, 
the mother basically sacrificed everything she knew to give her six daughters um, an opportunity to just to to grow and survive and you know explore their options. Um, and it's just you know you hear all these stories about the sacrifices that that soccer soccer moms and soccer dads make and soccer families so that their star can reach their potential. Well, it's nothing compared to what the Nadims went through. Um, and all six of those girls, uh, you know, they're at, they're literally at the top of their game, whether they're in sports because they're involved in various sports or academics. Um, their, their mother is still involved in, you know, in various cultural pursuits. I think she was a teacher. I've read this article so many times. I should really know that off the top of my head. Um, blame it on the tequila. <laughs> um, but just, it is an amazing story. Um, like not even just from a soccer perspective, but from, you know, Americans are so concerned with the Middle East and, and, you know, every, everything that's going on over there without actually knowing anything. Um, and, you know, and here's a way for us to connect, connect our, our sport that we care about so much with, with this big political aspect and, you know, and how, how the wars have affected the people there. Um, and just, it's, I don't it, it's an amazing story. I can't believe that really no one else talks about it. Um, except for the fact that Nadim's mother, uh, never gave an interview on it until she talked to Tiff. Um, so Tiff Weimer. Yeah, yeah, sorry, Tiffany Weimer. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yes. founder of Our Game magazine. Yeah, and and editor in chief. Um, so it's really, I mean, not only is it an incredible story, but it's really significant. And this is the first time the family, I mean, because we we worked closely with the family, we made sure that they read it before before we went to print, you know, we had them, we had them look at it at various points, um, you know, just to make sure we were telling their story the way they wanted it told because they have, um, they have avoided letting it become some kind of sensationalized media explosion. Right. Just like the kind of crap that, that yeah, an exploitive like guardian article and then have it die. And yeah, I can definitely see that. It is, it is such an incredible article. You know, I'm, I'm not going to push subscriptions or anything. Like, even if you just buy a single issue, I think it's worth it for this story. It's, that's amazing stuff, man. <laughs> yeah, this sounds really great. Um, and I, I'm really looking forward to reading that. Um, and people can check it out at ourgamemagazine.com. Uh, it will be, I, I assume, available only in the print edition. You can get a subscription. Uh, I think we might have a partial preview available um i'm i don't know if we've ironed that out yet um because it is such an important story mm-hmm. yeah i uh-huh. think it's worth it's definitely worth putting it's worth video. it's worth putting the money into because mm-hmm. i had so much fun designing that article and to be clear <laughs> nobody on the R game magazine staff really gets paid for at this at all um, <laughs> it's no. it's definitely a labor of love for the sport of women's soccer to tell incredibly interesting stories uh not you know your typical narratives of overcoming uh a two-hour drive to get to a club team if you care about women's soccer in terms of 
um, the kind of stories you hear. I'm sounding like an NPR broadcaster <laughs> right now. I'm sorry. Um, that's but, what my mom said. She was like, this is a story for NPR. <laughs> uh, but, uh, like I'm sounding like a pledge drive ad, but if, like, if you care at all about the kind of stories that you hear about women's soccer, if you're tired of hearing, you know, just the same stuff again and again, it's, I mean, let's admit you just kind of do. I mean, but yeah, let's take and, sh- and if, wait, 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 if you're not interested in Euro stuff, and if somehow, like, if you're like, I'm not going to pay this money just for one article, um, if you're more into American stuff, we have a feature on the Pally Blues, which, you know, sort of a personal favorite of mine, so. Yeah, which if you're in the Los Angeles area, you should be going to see. Don't complain about having, not having a, a NWSL team. Because you've had that since 2008, and they are really freaking incredible. They're great. They always have been. Basically, the people you see on that team now are going to go into NWSL very soon. Yeah. If not tomorrow, (laughs) considering (laughs) how long it takes to to release these. But um, now let's take a a short break and uh, grab some water. And then we're going to talk about um, Portland Thorns and, I guess, other stuff, too. Thorns. Um, we will be right back with the cross conference cast. Got a stupid friend with a dual degree. Follow useless trends, it seemed cool to me. I know a fat guy on a diet and a junker. Keep him quiet. You don't want to hang with us. Credit card debt just banking up. Midlife things can't tangerous. Plus a little bit of liquor is like dangerous. But I'm drinking up. Got a path to find. In a room full of dummies, hella past that prime. Got a wall clock telling only half the time. Like spinning, so I recommend you rest your mind. Hello and welcome back to the Cross Conference Cast. I am Joan. And I am Ruth. And uh, we're going to talk about Newsel <laughs> or the NWSL. For the first time this season. <laughs> um, Which you guys will be happy for later. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. You might you might be thanking us for not covering this. Um, the the, the uh, League of Mixed Feelings, certainly. Um, Except when it comes to Portland. <laughs> well, feelings are mixed between people. But, um, yeah. For so it's not between us. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I went to the Portland Thorns home game on Father's Day versus the Seattle Rain. Uh, and the Thorns won 2-0. Um, are you sure? Oh, I'm very sure. <laughs> but let, I mean, to talk about the experience, like it's a very I've been to quite a few WPS games. Um, w League games. W League games, college games. And they're in terms of women's soccer and I've been to national team games as well. In terms of uh women's soccer that you will see Portland Thorns are the most professional as you will get. They as professional as you could possibly get 
within women's soccer in the um, United States, in the United States, at least, um, in, in terms of the, the professional vibe, the stadium. I mean, and a lot of this is because they're associated with the timbers, you know, they've got that stadium built in, they have all the vendors, you know, the, the different, um, uh, windows eight jerks calling me man, um, <laughs> Did not care for that Windows 8, so I'm very happily using my Apple products. You can shove it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, It's it's just like a great overall feeling. You know, it it turned out to be a really great crowd, a little over 13,000 people, um, even though they didn't have their big name stars. They didn't have Morgan Sinclair. Uh, They did have Karina LeBlanc. Uh, surprisingly, Canada um, decided that she could stay with the Thorns. Um, but overall, just and, and I have to thank um, the uh, Thorns analyst on Twitter. Thorns analyst, that's Angela. Um, she provides the uh, color commentary for uh, the Thorns uh, web broadcast and also for the radio. Um, she uh, gave me a ticket, so that 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 was i greatly appreciated that that was a great time um friend of seats. the podcast friend of the podcast angela angela harrison um great person we also had a pizza and a booze um <laughs> very knowledgeable yeah smart so refreshing smart lady <laughs> um very fair and and a good broadcaster um i have nothing bad to say uh I haven't met her personally, her. but I really appreciate listening. <laughs> <laughs> she likes you, I think. I'm, I'm pretty sure. I, I don't think we've ever, like, I've never asked her. So how do you feel about Ruth? <laughs> I, though I how, do you, how do you feel about that Broncos fan? <laughs> yeah. How do you feel about um, Oh, yeah. Nothing bad to say about the overall experience. I do have something bad to say about the Thorns first half. Crikey. <laughs> Wow, I think you could say that about both teams. Like that it was, was, it was like watching American football. How often the whistle was blown. Rain wasn't. The, I think the rain had done really well with like you know uh, penetrating, especially later in the first half when Portland they offense did, just kind of died well by Seattle standards. Yeah, but of course it was. It was like they didn't know what to do once the ball got past defenders. Um. I have notes That's where here. It forward. Yeah, I had no. I mean, for the whole game, they had this problem. But I had notes here of. Uh, I counted the number of times I just wanted Keelan Winters to shoot the ball when she had it, just shoot it. Um, and that was infinity times. <laughs> uh, all of the times that she had the ball is when I wanted her to shoot it because they they don't have any forwards. They just don't. I'm sorry, rain forwards who I think were playing, but you weren't really playing. Um, yeah. Um, they looked fine without Caitlin Kyle. I think in terms of the game, <laughs> in terms of the game itself, <laughs> it was like from the rain perspective, it was one of their better outings, except for the fact that no one would sh- shoot the ball very well. Yeah, um, Keelan and Christine Nairn. Mm-hmm. You guys just gotta, you gotta shoot, and and Nairn is better off shooting the ball in the run of play than taking a PK. <laughs> oh, ouch, ouch! That was yeah. a such a bad PK. Like 
good on Karina LeBlanc to save it, but that was like Tobin Heath levels of bad PK. <laughs> Does anyone else remember oh, okay. that bad PK? Like, oh. Even I could have saved that. Oh, yeah. Well, she looked right at the keeper when she took that, and I was like, what are you doing? Like, you were a professional. What are you doing? Anyway. Um, <laughs> That's what you get in Portland. The rain was also mess- missing Fishlock, who got called up uh, by whales. Um, I don't, I honestly don't think she would have made the difference because they have the same problems that they, they when she plays. It's, they, the, the problems are very similar. Portland might have gotten their goals sooner. <laughs> They might have gotten a PK. No, yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe she would have because the rest of Rain were playing pretty well. Um, but I don't. I don't know. I don't if know. If Hope Solo was there, she would have scored. <laughs> she would have, or she would have told us that she would have scored. Um, so so far, Hope Solo has not played a game at uh, the uh, um, Jeldwen Field in Portland. So I'm. Um, in, t- in terms of f- for the rain, I wonder. I don't we're gonna like we're gonna have a big B and Hope Solos bonnet section when she does, because right. she's gonna have. We're some not gonna words. have one already today. <laughs> she's yeah. she's gonna have words to say about that. <laughs> how many how many yeah. NWSL games has she actually played? Just the uh, one? one. One. Okay, one game, and biggest bitch fest on Twitter. <laughs> One game. Oh, wait, no. Is it? Is it two? Two because she had an own goal, right? Two because she had that game okay, where there was a PK. So that none was of it? our fans. Yeah. So <laughs> stop yelling at us. Don't. I mean, you can tweet us. It's okay. Um, no, we like we like hearing when we're wrong. We love it. Um, but while Actually, you're looking, we that like up, hearing anything. <laughs> yeah, we do. We we enjoy hearing anything. Um, but for the Thorns, oh my gosh, they could not have had a worse half. It felt like there were, like, everyone was in the midfield. I was like, okay, so they're doing okay getting things from the back to the middle and a little bit forward because everyone's in the middle. Everybody's there. Everyone well, the in the middle. Is, they're forward. They played with one forward. Eh. Meliana Shim, which, <laughs> fair enough, okay, but she's not... Um, she just started playing forward this but season. But she wasn't really playing forward. I mean, it she was wasn't. Sort she of was like, like Keelan. She was like Keelan in the, you know, she sat behind Guess even. I yeah, think. that's that. That's kind of who they had as the quote-unquote forward. But she wasn't doing anything. Like, they would give her the ball. and She then would make would, good runs would and nothing. she wouldn't shoot. She wouldn't make good runs. She would do nothing. She well, would just kind of stand there. If they had some, if if her purpose was to hold the ball and then give it to somebody else, give it to a, a forward, like a real forward, like maybe that could have happened, but that didn't happen. It just seemed like she was the target for a little bit, and then it would became abundantly clear that they were not confident going forward, especially like with like Angie Care would get um, get the ball forward and then would not really pass it to anybody because it was clear which is not like her at all it was clear she had no confidence there in in who was their scoring um option and i don't understand why libby guest started 
uh, story of our lives. Um, and I tweeted like, like early on in the first half, I was like, where is Daniel Foxhoven? She is the person I came to see when that stupid Windows 8 guy was like, who's your favorite player playing today? I was like, well, it's probably Foxhoven because everybody else is gone. Um, and it would probably be Foxhoven anyway. Uh, and it turns out when they uh, put in Foxhoven in the second half, she scored in the 58th minute. 48th. Yeah. I'm sorry. 48th minute. Uh, Off three minutes in. Shim. Off a feed for Shim. Beautiful ball. Beautiful score. Bezos could do nothing about it. Um, it was just amazing. Um, and it was clear that Danny became the focal point. She could do so much. She pulled defenders on Shim's goal, that second goal. It was the defenders just bl- were blanketing Danny Foxhoven, and Jim was like, I'm just going to take this ball in there. <laughs> <laughs> That's just what I'm going to do now. They, they linked up really well. And so it's, it's, and Danny Foxhoven, I said this on Twitter, she seriously looks like she's having fun out there. And she's one of the few people in NWSL that has actually looked like she's having fun out there on the pitch. Oh, totally, totally. They're like the rest of these players are like they like it's their job, and you can tell because they're making it look like really hard work. Um, and but with Danny, it's like she's just having a blast out there. She's gonna take advantage of every minute. Um, and she's and she was like that for Portland too. So I mean, uh, the the pilots. Um, I, uh, but. Uh, yeah, the, the Thorns cannot have first halves like that again, especially not against teams that have forwards. <laughs> so, uh, not against Sky Blue guys. Right. Yeah. Um, but in Saturday news, uh, on Thursday, the, the past Thursday, Becky Edwards um, tore her ACL. And this might have been part of Portland's problem. Um, against the rain is that they didn't have Becky Edwards who can tell you, can tell you what to do and you can have confidence in her. Yeah. That, I mean, that, that probably played a pretty big factor into, you know, strategy. And she had, uh, according to Merritt Paulson, the owner of the Thorn, she had gotten a call up to the national team to the September camp they'll be having, which has not been announced yet, but, um, that, that was her, she was going to get a call up which would have been very, very exciting for Ruth and I. Everybody. Because <laughs> 2008 forever. Um, well, and how many national championships does Becky have now? At least two. Because I know she got one with FC Gold Pride and she got one with the uh, Flash. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so, two national championships and one international I mean, one World Cup. Mm-hmm. She's a good kid. She's awesome. great holding mid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the the, the uh, Rose City Riveters chanted her name after the game was done. After they did the whole, the team walked around the field, um, which was I'd never seen that before. After every game, apparently they walked to every corner of the field to thank the crowd. <laughs> and we've been to. Well, I guess we've only been to. Together, we've been to the Soccerplex, which is a smaller stadium. We've but also been to Maryland. And, yeah, Maryland. Well, Maryland doesn't count. It's college. Um, and and uh, uh, Rutgers to see Sky Blue FC games. Um, 
and technically there's only and the soccer plex is the would be the only um uh field that has kind of pe- enough people gathered uh in on each side there's one side that doesn't have anybody but i mean state I've, college they go to both sides but two sides isn't the same as going all the way around the state yeah i i've and yeah it's it was just really remarkable that really struck me um and so and they end up and the riveter side where they where the goal scorers get their roses and stuff and they gave all the roses to Becky Edwards. Um, oh, I hadn't heard that tidbit. It was super prosh. Um, I love following the post game on on Twitter because of course they don't they don't show it on the webcast. Um, actually, my younger brother, um, because I watched this game online, um, I was watching it up in my room and I was tweeting about it, and and around halftime I went downstairs to get some food, and my younger brother said, "You know, it sounds like a really interesting game." I would watch the second half. So we rigged up one of the computers to the TV and he watched the second half with me. Oh, awesome. Yeah. And he enjoyed it. Um, it was, it was really good. And he couldn't remember who Alice Morgan was. (laughs) (laughs) He was like, is she the one that makes the faces? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I was like, no, that's Allie. That's Allie Krieger. (laughs) (laughs) Um, it's like, yeah, uh, you gotta go by last names. I can't do first names. And, uh, let's see. Shim, who can be called Mana, uh, Shim. Thank uh, goodness, because in D.C. they could not pronounce her name. <laughs> uh, was wearing the uh, rainbow wristband, but pulled up so it's an armband. Um, uh, for Pride with Pride Day. I, I don't like just saying Pride as um, a thing, as an event. Uh, which you could, you could see all around downtown Portland. It was definitely Pride Day Parade festival yeah, which some season ticket holder complained about oh where 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 um it's like dude you're a privileged white guy <laughs> i was good I, I, I won't even say anything about privilege it's just like so what you know it's you're not seeing anything harmful to you yeah i thought it was <laughs> awesome because like you've got you've got this pro player and you know and she's displaying pride and, you know, and Pino hasn't done that. I mean, Pino came out, and that's great and awesome. I don't think she um, really cares for the rainbow. Well, I'm maybe well, I'm projecting. Maybe. Lori Lindsay does, and Lori Lindsay doesn't wear a rainbow at games. Like, Well, have they played a game on Pride Day Week Festival? Uh, so that I mean that, that makes, was that was is recent. she gonna yeah is she gonna is she gonna wear that every day I mean that might get a little tired I don't but know I mean she did during played out a couple seasons ago um oh. but no that that was cool and she had a great game she was probably um, if Danny Foxhoven hadn't had that incredible second half um, uh, Shim would definitely be the player of the game she, she, she scored her first career goal that was nice. Mm-hmm. That was that was rad. Um, and she, she dedicated to Edwards. Um, the team dedicated the whole game to to Becky Edwards. So it was nice. I mean, they they not only beat and shut out the opponent, but the opponent was, um, you know, a, a you know the local rival. Not really a great team, but the local rival. Well, I mean, so I mean, going back to the rain, I feel bad for them. I mean, because they have, you know, Laura Harvey's a good coach. You know, I love 
some of their players, you know, obviously Keelan Winters, Ellie Reeds, my tiny pilots. Who's their GM? Um, oh gosh. That Do they have a GM? They like, do. Cause... They they had the guy who was just like um genuflecting before the Sounders for letting them stand in the same stadium for a couple minutes. Uh I I don't remember. I was not too impressed with him. Um, I'm still not impressed with him because he's done jack with this roster. Yeah, it's clear. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if if they all had their eggs in the Rapino basket. I mean, let's let's <laughs> sorry guys. Clear. Let's be clear. I mean, and Rapino and let's be someone who kind of makes it very clear that she doesn't necessarily want to be at Seattle in, in Seattle. That's, I mean, <laughs> I feel bad for them for that. Um, but, uh, and, and they kind of got shafted with a rod, um, and hope solo and hope solo, which totally out of their control. Um, but some of their fans are Isn't just she out of everyone's control. <laughs> she's a little out of control. Um, but to fans. me, they're the new Boston, uh, <laughs> uh, whatever do you mean no I, they're not all bad some of them really are great at supporting seattle and that real you can see how some much boston it, fans are great too yeah that's, and and well, i mean the boston fans are fine now i don't even you know what the boston's great we love we love you boston um i don't think that boston supporters group has come back no the riptide have they I, um i think they're still there i i don't I, they don't seem to have the, the drummers, I think, because they aren't paying them anymore. Um, Whoa. <laughs> Whoa, I don't, you don't, pay your drummers? Don't, don't quote me on that. I think those those particular, the drum team was paid to be there. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if, it's a, if it was a lot, and I, that could be a rumor. If I'm wrong, I'm sorry. Please correct me. Write us an email, crossconference at gmail.com. Hit me up on Twitter, whatever. You can I'm tell sure me I'm totally will. wrong. <laughs> um, but I, I seem to remember that they were paid. I don't know who so long ago. Um, I, and I know that they've been having stadium problems, too. Like, so there's probably limitations as to what they can bring into the stadium. They were played at Dillboy this last time. Um, and I wish I could tell you what that means other than it's has less seating. Cause I don't know where that is. I don't, I'm not super familiar with the Boston area. I know where Chinatown is and where my Capoeira studio is, but that's it. <laughs> I've, I've been to Dillboy, but I wasn't at their previous venue. So I can't compare. Um, I think their previous venue is Harvard. I, Harvard. Yeah. Um, yeah. anyway, and you, you do make the good point of, of differentiating between rain fans and Portland haters. Um, because a lot of people seem to be complaining that Portland basically won the lottery. They landed on third. And as a result, nobody's able to do anything. Um, which is totally a false statement there. That's a, that's kind of a fallacy there. Like just because Portland seems to have a really good deal doesn't mean that you and your team can't do their own thing can't be really successful and i think sky blue fc shows that (laughs) (laughs) which is just mind-boggling like um and to this point portland just picked up one uh previously mentioned our game magazine editor tiffany weimer um by the way has been scoring goals over in denmark and doing a damn fine job she's (laughs) she's a player who's never 
we've we talked to her on this podcast before a couple of times and you are you are friends and stuff um i guess she's my boss <laughs> friends <Yeah. and> stuff. <laughs> boss friends <laughs> um, uh and she's a player who just never stopped playing never was like i'm gonna retire and i'm gonna go into real estate and then i'm gonna come back (laughs) uh yeah she she just never stopped playing she's always been playing um and she's really underrated yeah um definitely flies under the radar even though she has tied with christine sinclair for the most consecutive goals scored in game like uh, yeah college games 17 college games and maya hayes got close but because she was gone for the u20 world cup she did not have a chance to catch up. Too bad for her. Sorry. <laughs> um, but I saw people today complaining on Twitter, like, oh, Portland gets another acquisition. And, like, who's going after her? Like, if you, if, if, if a Rain fan or whoever is like, is like, we were, we were, like, we were given her an offer and she chose Portland. Um, you know, go, go ahead and complain that Portland just bought her out. Like, and you know, it, she's an amazing player, but this is not like Manchester United <laughs> here <laughs> throwing money at every single, you know, uh, international player possible. Uh, it's, it's a professional club acting professionally, which, yeah. oh my God, Newsel. You've got a professional league. Try acting like it. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. that was really kind of bitter. But I get that there's not money, but that doesn't mean that you have to... I see so many teenage boys in charge of this league. Like, so many frat boys in charge of this league. <laughs> like, just... Ugh. I don't want to say something you have to bleep out. <laughs> <laughs> we already did, so I wrote it down, and I have to go back to the 16th minute and edit out that. Um, but, uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I, like, I, I don't know. This is not going to really, probably not going to change anybody's mind. But, I like, I would love to start a conversation about, like, you know, why does Portland having all this, you know, seemingly landing on third base prevent everybody else from doing their thing? Like, uh, and I get that there's like unfair comparison sometimes where like, oh, Portland has 13,000 people attending your games. You only have 4,000 because your stadium only fits 4,000 people, but, um, or because you're packing past capacity and can still only get 5,000 in there. Yeah. Okay. My new theory. And I, it, it occurred to me last night that, you know, maybe, okay. Yes. Portland has a slight advantage with the money and the stadium. Um, which, by the way, look at the L.A. Soul having money in a stadium and not being able to fill it. Um, and Portland benefits from having, you know, dedicated Portland fans, blah, blah, blah. But they also probably don't take crap from the league. And we all know that the league gives the teams crap to deal with. And um, league, and by extension, U.S. soccer. Right. And it's like Portland clearly knows what's up. Like, they've dealt with the men's side. They're not going to take the crap from the women's side, you know. And that makes it a better club. Like, the players are happy to be there. They get treated well, you know. They get treated like professionals. And and so everybody benefits. 
except for the haters. <laughs> um, but still go to games. Uh, <laughs> uh, or, you know, go to W League or WPSL games if you're not. Which, in which a, I've in been WSL. doing. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, not, I'm not talking to you. Oh, no, no. I mean, I, I've, I've put my money in, I've put my time in, and mm-hmm. now I just have to, you know, take care of myself emotionally. So I've been going to WPSL games. I've been to two in the past week and a half. Yeah. And to that point, WPSL and W League games, uh, de- teams, uh, make it easy for us to find out where you are and how to get to you. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's been a little tricky. Make um, it make it as easy as possible to say yes is the best well, strategy for winning. Those players that various uh, Newsel teams signed that decided not to play at all, some of them are playing WPSL and W League. <laughs> like Nikki Krizik, she's playing in San Diego. Well, and she Nikki like, Martino, she's playing with Long Island Fury. Like, are they? Are, are, do they have other things going on too? Or like, I don't, I don't know if Krizik does. I'm we, sure, I'm sure Di Martino does. But um, we yeah. well, let's not speculate. Um, make of that what you will. Um, but other, because that was the particular game that I went to. Will you be going to a game this weekend? I will. Okay. Um, so next weekend, let's talk about that. We'll, do, we'll focus on one game that we're going to, and then we'll come back and do like the rest of the scores of the, the loser games that didn't get us to, to, to go to them. <laughs> watch them. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so the, the rest of the scores uh, from this past weekend, Western New York Fash, 2-0 over the Spirit. And um, I'm sorry. Uh, I think they, they played at the Soccerplex, if I'm not oh. mistaken. Um, so I had a that, ticket to that. Sorry, listeners. That sucks. Um, though maybe sucks. I'm wrong and someone can correct me. By the way, <laughs> they renamed the Soccerplex. And they announced it like an hour before the game. <laughs> oh, how nice of them. That's um, totally uh, precedented, actually. So um, what what is it? Uh, well, not like the whole Plex. They renamed the stadium. Um, and they named it after one of the WPS owners, I think. Um, let's see if I kept the email. I get these great emails, and they show up like an hour before the game, which means if I was going to the game... I'd be on the road or at the game trying to find parking. <laughs> um, and uh, in July, I will be going... Sorry that we took a detour from the scores that we were going to announce. Maureen oh. Hendricks Field. Oh, That's okay. The Hendricks. Yeah, Hendricks. Um, uh, <laughs> the Chicago Red Stars came from behind a goal down against uh, FC Kansas City um, to win three to one uh excellent Insane. so glad for them um even though i i feel bad for I'm less, less less keen on them than i have been in the past um especially now that fuchs retired i yeah fuchs fuchs sadness sadness uh, for the <laughs> Uh, Chicago, I I like what they're doing there and I like the effort that they're putting into it and the idea that they kind of just kept this team and tended to it while things were falling apart. Right. And they're, they're competitive now. Yeah. This season. (laughs) Uh, and then, um, Sky Blue FC three to Boston. 
yikes. Yeah. Boston. Boston taking this sad downturn. Um, I'm sorry, Boston. Uh, but that I leaves- feel bad for Boston if they're not playing Adriana Leone. <laughs> I, which leaves uh, Sky Blue FC, a.k.a. the team uh, most likely for Joan t- to forget, at the very top. They're first. <laughs> Portland um, uh, in second place. Uh, the Flash in third. FC Kansas City in fourth. Boston in fifth. Chicago climbing its way up on sixth. Uh, Washington Spirit at seventh. And eighth, uh, poor winless Seattle. Um, By the way, Seattle, if you just get a forward, a single forward, um, yeah, DC could be at the bottom and you could be six or seven. (laughs) (laughs) You might need a couple more um, and, you know, get that goalkeeper situation straightened out. But, you know, um, so that's it for, for new soul. And we have a couple miscellaneous things we need to wrap up. Uh, this is totally new. I just read this a couple hours ago when we started. Um, you are now the, on the board of directors for Milwaukee United, Ruth. Yeah. Um, actually I have been for a couple months and there's a train going by. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how they feel about trains in Milwaukee. <laughs> um, yeah, a uh, long-time listener, Scott Viar. Um, Viar? Viar? Viering? Yeah. Um, yeah. Hey, man. Um, I know he's listening. But he he asked me to be on the board of directors, and um, and I knew I knew from having, you know, him having talked about this team for such a long time, like, I knew that he wanted it to be very community-oriented, um, which I think is awesome. Like, I'm all for that. Um, and just very much about supporting women's soccer in the Milwaukee area. Uh, so I asked him at first, you know, to, I mean, I kind of, I held off because I wanted to see if he could get anyone else in the area. Um, but, but when he couldn't, um, I felt like it was okay for me to step up and be part of the board of directors so that the team could go ahead and uh, and so technically, I'm I'm on the board of directors for this team that I might not ever see, but I am like I feel really good about it. Like I feel like like supporting women's soccer, you know, supporting this club that's got a real mission that it's gonna it's gonna feed into its community, and not only support women's soccer but like the community at large. Like I feel better about that than giving money to New Soul. <laughs> like, and that's. That's kind of sad from the standpoint of, you know, women's soccer needs a pro league, blah, blah, blah. Um, but, but honestly, like, I love these, I love this kind of grassroots movement, like the Kansas City Shock. I know they're, they're involved in their community a lot. They're supporting the, the deaf national team. Um, it's just really cool to like to have watched these things take shape over the years and to finally have a chance to be at least somewhat involved. Um, we played our first game against Racine um, in this past week. Sorry, I can't keep track of days because I've been working on the magazine. Mm-hmm. Um, we got thrashed 5-1, to one, um, but it was our very first game, and we'll get better. It'll be good. Just keep track of that little shout out to to my team and um 
maybe if we record again this summer, <laughs> we'll give another update on that. That's really cool. Um, well, go you. Yay! <laughs> I'm really. I that's pretty exciting. I didn't know about I, that. I kind of feel like it's the it's the team of it's it's cross conferences affiliate team. We yeah, that could totally. We could totally we'll, we'll make that work. you guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, the only other note here that doesn't fit anywhere else is that we noticed that the Women's Soccer Insider Twitter account is actually the old WPS account, which they will deny if you ask them, whoever runs that. Um, but I think that's uh, that's weird. I don't understand the motivation behind that. Right. In case, you know, this, this name popped up on your feed and you never followed them. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't remember following them, um, uh, in my accounts, but there is one particular account where I only follow, like, five people, uh, or three. Um, and all of a sudden that was, uh, that was one of them, and I don't ever remember following them. So that's, um, I had thoughts on that. That's strange to me. I I don't I go to them for news. Them. <laughs> I don't go to them for news, so, uh, I, I don't know what the um, the motivation behind the weird pointless deception is they don't they don't seem to actually give any inside information it just seems to be an aggregate of information that you could get you know just having any women's soccer fan on your feed (laughs) (laughs) nothing new it's not even like like equalizer will break its stories and Chris all white kit will give you more facts than you will ever need to know about the college game. And that's coming from someone who loves the college game. Um, no, this is like, this is like following an RSS feed. Um, uh, anyway, I think that, yeah, that's all we have for this episode. Uh, thank you all for listening. I have been Joan. I've been, I've been roost. That's <laughs> what was that? Um, and we'll come back next time with a uh, with an episode. Uh, hopefully, maybe an interview. I don't know. I want to get some interviews. Um, and uh, do you think Angela wants to come on the show? I bet she does. I bet she'll Ooh, do it. We have to pay her. No, no, you don't have to pay her. Get some some pizza, or <laughs> no? Because um, she, she she bought the pizza last time. It was good pizza there was some uh, i met some cool people and we had some pizza um uh, and, and that, that, that's i uh, will we'll, next episode we'll have a game report from you right um, right i'll be going to the the clash of the one and two this weekend sky blue and portland since they're in my backyard so exciting so exciting get yourself a turkey oh we know it's summer you don't need a turkey leg um, <laughs> anyway um so thank you everyone for listening and uh we'll be we'll see you again soon in july fingers crossed no we just should see you earlier oh wait it's the 18th <laughs> i don't know what date anyway um, yeah soon soon guys soon talk to you all later bye, bye.